If you're a Cleveland Browns fan looking for a break from the emotional roller coaster that is the price we pay from loving than hating our Browns, then a big welcome to Cleveland Browns Anonymous, a group therapy podcast to help you survive the season. So let's start our meeting. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Riley once again with uh, Brooke Riley, middle of January. Brooke, how are you doing? Good on this spring-like day. Yeah. Well, speaking of spring, you know, they say about spring, spring hopes eternal. So, uh, once again, Browns fans trying to look at the glass half full, and maybe we have a little bit of good news with a new defensive coordinator. Do you want to bring everybody up to speed? Yeah, well, they uh, Browns announced earlier this morning that they have hired uh, Jim Schwartz, who most recently was the Eagles defensive coordinator for about, I think, four four years or so in the Super Bowl team. Uh, I believe he started his career here in Cleveland with Bill Belichick. Yep. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, he's the guy that I wanted. Seems like a no-nonsense kind of guy. And reading an article beforehand, and the journalist was saying how, you know, he couldn't – he is very different in style than Stefanski, which was music to my – or, you know, that was nice, nice to see, nice to read. You know, they say he's not afraid to get in people's faces. He's not afraid to call people out. He's no nonsense. So I think it's a great pick. I think it's a great hire. And yeah. Yeah, I was I was uh, crossing my fingers when I saw all the candidates, although I wouldn't have been disappointed with the guy from Miami Dolphins, the, the black coach, head coach. What was his name again? Oh, um Anyways, uh, it'll come to us. So, yeah, I wouldn't have been disappointed uh, if they'd hired the Miami Dolphins uh, former head coach. I guess he's now with uh, New England. He seemed to really get a lot out of uh, Brian Flores. Brian Flores. He seemed to get a lot out of his young Dolphins when he was there. And uh, I guess this is what a couple of things jump out at me when we talk about Jim Schwartz. Um, I mean, I can't say that I know a lot about Jim Schwartz, but the, the main quality that he has is he is a proven quality and not, um, once again, the Browns going down the road where they have a defensive coordinator or head coach in training, which seems to be their lot. Even Bill Belichick was a head coach in training. And he hit, people don't realize, he had some major speed bumps. I mean, Brooke, you were six years old when when Bill Belichick got the boot from the Browns. And, you know, a lot of people thought he was a disaster. And certainly his drafting was a disaster. But then again, Bill Belichick was connected to the Cleveland Browns dysfunctional organization where, Everything goes to die. You know, you had Art Modell sticking his hands and everything. You had a a Machiavellian power struggles continually between front office 
those whispering in Modell's ears and the head coach. So, you know, Belichick got a rude awakening. And then, of course, he ends up with the uh, Robert Kraft era with Scott Pioli, a bunch of really great, great assistant coaches. And the rest is history. But the Browns, you know, from Eric Mangini to Pat Shermer, Romeo Cornell as a head coach. I'm surprised they didn't even go after Charlie Weiss, which had been another disaster. Butch Davis, they promoted him from the college ranks. I mean, these these people were were incompetent as head coaches. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that you know we've had a lot of bad luck, or not luck, just bad. You know, we've had a lot of bad experiences with coaches being hired and, you know, thinking they're the next big thing and, you know, some offensive guru. And I guess I remember when it came down to Stefanski versus Josh McDaniels when they were going through the hiring process, you know, three years ago or so. And I remember the exciting – excited Browns fan in me was saying, oh, we got to get Josh McDaniels, you know, look at what he's done in New England and blah, blah, blah. And then my gut kind of told me, he's like, you know what? I think we should roll the dice with Stefanski. And he's kind of under the radar, but everyone that they talked to about him saying, oh, he's super organized. You know, he's a good communicator, comes up with good, you know, offensive schemes and, you know, he's coached the defensive side, he's coached the offensive side. And I know that Stefanski's, you know, going through some growing pains here. I'm kind of glad that they are giving him a fourth year, although I think this is the make or break year for him. So I think picking Schwartz as his DC was a really solid choice because yeah. I agree. You need someone on the defensive side who can rile guys up. Well, you know, I, th- I don't get think it's faces, and I don't think on the offensive side, which Stefanski has his hands on a lot more. I think you need to be a little more composed and laid back. So I'm happy that I they picked Schwartz. I, you know what? I think there's a look at at the end of the day, great head coaches get the most out of their players now whether that requires them to light a fire from time to time be a great teacher be a great motivator be a great great uh conciliate you know conciliatory person somebody you could come to and talk to but somebody who every player knows my head coach understands me and gets the most out of me now uh with Stefanski he had a lot of great qualities. He was organized, like you said. People liked him, great temperament, bright coach, et cetera, et cetera. But then you get into what a head coach needs, and that's the X factor. The X factor is, are they leaders? Are these players going to follow them? People, you know, the old cliche that the head coach lo- lost the locker room. Well, that's you know that's inevitable when they have no leadership qualities where they're they don't they're they're so reliant on their schemes that 
you know, they're dependent on, they keep saying, well, get me, uh, get me an all pro middle linebacker or get me an all pro this or an all pro that the, the great head coaches will take talent. I mean, all I got to do is look at who's the best coach this year in the NFL. I think you and I are going to agree on this one. Go ahead, Brooke. Who's your coach of the year? The best coach in the NFL. And let's leave Andy Reid out. Uh, Sean McDermott. Okay, I would t- I would pick Brian Dable. But let's p- let's spend a little bit of time on Brian Dable, who has turned Daniel Jones into the second coming of Josh Allen. I mean, watching that uh, Vikings game, J- Daniel Jones looked like Josh Allen. And I'm watching Josh Allen um, the game before, and Josh Allen is making a lot of dumb mistakes. He had one one stat for Josh Allen this year. He's committed 30 turnovers. Think about that. Between fumbles and interceptions, 30 turnovers. And what's the difference between Josh Allen this year and last year? Last year, he had Brian Dable. This year, he's got, I forget who he has, but let's look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones last year had Josh McDaniels. This year, he has Joe Judge. And Mac Jones has regressed. Let's look at, let's look at the impact, again, Brian Dables had on Daniel Jones, who everybody said prior to this season was a bust. So we have very, very good coaches on the offensive side. You've got Bill Callahan. We've just we've got Stump Mitchell. And Stefanski kind of oversees that. Meanwhile, on the defensive side, you have easily, I think we've done this count in the, in the past podcast, four or five all pros. You had Clowney, Miles Garrett. That's a serious stretch. Let's, say, let's just say Clowney was on All-Pro at one point. Miles Garrett, not only an All-Pro, all but... I would safe to say that you have two, maybe three. Okay, Miles well, John Garrett, Johnson... Nick Chubb and Joel Batonio. That's okay. it. Okay. The rest but of the guys do, are just guys. All right, but let's just talk about who, who we have on defense. You've had Denzel, who's been an All-Pro. John Johnson was an All-Pro before they brought him and uh, into the Joe Wood system. Um, you have Miles, you had Clowney. you got four all pros on defense. And there was an, an article in ESPN today in the NFL football that I was talking to you about earlier about Andy Reid. Andy Reid took over a team – the Kansas City Chiefs, who had terrible coaches. Todd Haley was a head coach. Romeo was a head coach. And Todd Haley, of course, he had a brief stay with the Browns until Dorsey realized once again how bad this guy was and let him go and, and promoted uh, Freddie to take over. Andy Reid steps in, and immediately in the first year, they're in the playoffs. And they didn't have Patrick Mahomes. They had Alex Smith. They had four all pros on a Kansas City Chiefs team that only won four games. And then they let they let whoever, I think it was Haley, they let him go. 
and Reed comes in, Andy Reed comes in, and they've been in playoffs seven straight years. They've been Super Bowl champs. They've been Super Bowl losers, but they've been in two Super Bowls. And it's all because of the head coach and then, of course, the head coach promoting his defensive and offensive coordinators. And this is this well, is where no, I mean, it's also because they have Patrick Holmes. Well, they were in the, they were in both playoff games with Alex Smith. Two seasons with Alex Smith, they were in the playoffs. But, but you're not getting those no Super Bowl appearances and win without Patrick Mahomes. I agree. But Andy Reid took a 4-10 and ten team and turned it into a playoff team his first year. Dayball has turned the Giants, who everybody had written off. Um, the Giants have a realistic shot of getting into the Super Bowl, believe it or not. They have a shot to get in. So, you know, head coaching and coaching is all about making players better, teaching them better. And I think one one thing that stands out to me with Brian Daybolt, like game three, game four, I think Daniel Jones did one of his Daniel Jones stupid interceptions, and he comes off the field, and Daybolt is all over him, all over him. For like 30 seconds, just reading him the riot act. And and as as the season has progressed, Daniel Jones looks more and more polished in the pocket. He knows when to run. He has planned runs. He's stepping back in the pocket. The guy looks phenomenal. And that is what you want your coaches to do, is to make them better. And that has been that was the tragedy behind. Stefanski and Joe Woods over these last two years. This team has has drafted talent. And Joe Woods, they were actually regressing under Joe Woods. And I'm hoping with Schwartz, who has at least a proven track record of competency. We're not looking for the second coming here of defensive coordinators like a Bill Belichick was with Parcells, but we're looking for a guy that can collectively get the defense to play at a higher level, or at least where, where their talent is. That's my point. Still there, Brooke? Your thoughts. Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, and we'll be back. Getting your house ready to sell or You just need some basic repairs, and you can't get anybody to come out or even return your phone call. Then call Riley Painting and Contracting, your home mechanics, for all of your home repair needs from electrical, plumbing, roof repairs, and getting your house ready to sell. 45 years in the business, a triple A on the Better Business Bureau, and we're on the preferred contractor list in Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights. You can contact us by calling 216-371-8160 and leave a message and guess what we'll call you back uh well my thoughts are i'm happy with the coaching pick but i'm not going to get sucked into this again i want to see it for at least a month solid defense 
I don't need the 85 bears. I just want to see middle of the road. I think when you say Browns have all pros on the team, I, I think I think they have some former all pros. I think they've got some good, solid players with one or two being, you know, at the top of their position, that being Denzel and Miles Garrett. But they need a lot of help on the defensive line. I mean, the worst rush defense in the league. Uh, so, yeah, I agree that coaches get the most out of their players, but you also need some talent um, on the field. And I think well, the Browns have, have some. And hold on, I'm not done. Okay, go ahead. And um, I think that Andrew Barry need, will be doing a good job like he's done in the past with free agency and addressing – uh the needs i think a bulk of it's going to be on the defensive uh the defensive side specifically the defensive line well it begs the question like what what exactly has the conversations been between joe woods and andrew barry about what he needs i think everybody thought three years ago when joe woods came on that we need to beef up the defensive side and that's after the Browns had picked uh, Jed Jedrick uh, Wills uh, at their left tackle spot. That was their number one pick. And then, um, and people started saying we need to get uh, uh, now we need to spend draft capital on the defense. And two years ago, they got Grant Delpit, second round pick. They got JOK, second round pick. They got Newsom, first-round pick. They have been committing draft capital to the defense. and Yeah, but not the line. Well, you know, they they felt uh, they signed uh, some free agents two years ago that everybody thought was going to be solid. I think, uh, I think Woods' philosophy is that I want uh, linebackers to be almost like Safeties to be linebackers and linebackers to be safety. So when we play Lamar Jackson, we have a lot of speed on the on the field. And as a result, stopping the run was not necessarily his priority. I also think that Woods lacks a lot of imagination, uh, creativity. It just seems like the number of games where teams have just come in. I'm talking about teams like the Chargers or the Falcons who – or the Patriots, Patriots starting um, a rookie quarterback. Uh, the Chargers couldn't break a hundred yards in their, you know, their first four games. The Falcons playing somebody, you know, off the practice squad. And all of a sudden, these players look like Hall of Famers against Joe Wood's defense. I don't think that's lack of talent. I think that is just lack of any kind of sophistication or creativity on the defense. I'm watching the Dolphins play against the Bills in that playoff game, and, I mean, they were blitzing Allen like crazy. And it's almost like, look, at if, if we're going to be giving up a bonehead play where you've got six guys in coverage or seven guys in coverage and we're still going to give up, the guy's going to be wide open, why don't we at least bet the house and put some heat on this guy? I mean, that's... 
that you don't you, you never seem to feel like the Browns defense is outwitting the offense. It seems like Joe Woods is always in reactive mode. And he was always in reactive mode, even in the press conferences. When I said my last, we said on our last podcast, he said, we're going to have tackling practice. He's always kind of reacting to what the criticism was. So as a result, when that happens, you get a feeling like this guy really is not in control of it. So I think, you know, it, it begs the question, and you raised a good point, Brooke, if it's a talent, it's going to be interesting to see how the Browns sign free agency this year. You know, they're probably going to let Kareem Hunt go. That's going to be some cap savings there. And they put it into uh, defensive line. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, defensive line has to be top of the list in terms of free agency. I just think, you know, that or some stud linebacker. But, you know, it's like I said, I don't need top top end defense. I just want, you know, professional defense that isn't going to throw away a bunch of games. And I think, honestly, that the last, who knows, but at least the last couple of games, the defense just, I think they kind of knew that Woods was going to be gone. So, uh, but yeah. again, it goes back to the head coaching. Yep. Yeah, it really does. Head coaching, look, at you, you can't blame the players. You blame the defensive coordinator, especially after two years where they've invested money between Clowney on the line, uh, Malik McDowell, who was the guy they had uh, tackled the other year. Uh, yeah, McDowell. McDowell. You're always going to have injuries. But even in the beginning of the season when they didn't have all these injuries, they were still getting gashed. They were still looking confused uh, in the secondary. So, you know, I'm hoping with the Jim Schwartz, you're going to have three all pros that are going to develop on the Browns' defense next year. It's going to be Newsom, Delpit, and JOK. Those are the three guys that, if you have a great defensive coordinator, can get the most out of them, and they can ra- everybody raises their game. So, and then you supplement it with some investment on, like you say, let's all agree. We need a defensive line and we need a, a good linebacker in the mold of uh, uh, the Bills linebacker, Matt Moriano. Oh, Milano. Milano. Um, I mean, look at yeah. the Cowboys. They've got, uh, they've got a great linebacker uh, or two that totally changed you know, change the style of the defense. And that's what they need. So, well, I uh, heard Joe Thomas on the sports radio last week when they fired Joe Woods. And, you know, J- Joe Thomas, who knows these guys, you know, he said there's no one on the defensive side, at least when he's been around them, who will get in your face. There's no one like that. And I think on the defensive side, you need someone like that. Like, can you imagine if you're on the Los Angeles Rams? last year and you're kind of half-assing it in practice i'd be terrified of aaron donald getting in my face or yeah. jalen ramsey so i yeah. so i so you know i was kind of hoping that miles garrett would be that guy but i just don't think that's his demeanor right uh so you know getting some defensive linemen some linebacker who 
if you screw up, I mean, he's coming right over you and getting hey, uh, in your face. I think the hallmark of those shutdown D's in the past, Ray Lewis with the Ravens, their Super Bowl year. Well, they won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Yeah, you need those. Uh, and I think Miles Garris is just sort of a easygoing guy who's, you know, he's almost like uh, goofing off. I mean, I can't imagine Ray Lewis having a, uh, a Halloween setup graveyard of quarterbacks. I mean, to me, yes. that's just sort of Mickey Mouse. Uh, you need these. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and who knows? I think with the Browns, uh, you know, Barry, Andrew Barry uh, puts his head together with Jim Schwartz, brings in uh, – Stefanski, and I think they identify that they need a certain kind of player who's going to be the coach on the field, uh, who's going to call these people, a Ray Lewis type, uh, co- you know, player. And I think, uh, you know, Anthony Walker is, is more of a cerebral kind of player. He's not Ray Lewis, but that you know that was a major loss. But again, it's it's the Browns' defense. You got to feel like this this is an attacking defense. Not a reactive defense. And that's, I think, where I think a lot of Browns fans have been continually disappointed in the style of this defense. It's not something that's going to put, you know, the fear of God in you. It's soft. You can run on them. Uh, They can be easily confused. And I think that's a reflection of the defensive coordinator. And I think you're going to see a major upgrade just by a removing Joe Woods, and B putting in somebody who's who's been around the block on all this. So yeah. I agree with you, Jim. Jim Schwartz was a a great pickup. Final thoughts, Brooke? Yeah, I think you know you've got. I think I think what the Browns are doing is, you know, hey, I could be I could be totally wrong, and you know, I'm hearing Stefanski's press conferences and, you know, he's very calm. He's very collected. You know, he's not saying a whole lot and like, who knows behind the scenes, like he could be just, you know, ruthless. So I could be wrong. So, but maybe what the front office is doing is that they're saying, okay, we've got a head coach who we believe in, who is very organized, who's very smart, but he's not, very intimidating he's not very vocal you know he's not like the detroit lions guy so let's let's bring in someone who can balance that out and i think picking schwartz was i think picking schwartz over the professor from temple from from the bears you know this super smart young guy it's like i was like hell no i don't want some other young you know super smart like who gives a crap i want someone who's done the job before who's had success and who has been a head coach in the past and you get all those with schwartz yeah and i think that's the difference with you know belichick came in he was your young cerebral uh coach and uh parcells promoted him because he was super bright but parcells was the stick behind all of that. And I think that's the difference between the offense and the defense, because you got, I got a feeling like Callahan is in their grill. And you know, when people say, well, they don't have the talent 
on the defense. And, you know, that's not Joe Wood's fault. I disagree. I got two words for you. Wyatt Teller. Where did Wyatt Teller come? Ethan Post. He's on the offense. Right. The center. Wyatt Teller comes from the Bills as an afterthought. We got Wyatt Teller for a fifth-round pick. They were ready to cut Wyatt Teller on the Bills. All of a sudden, he gets over to Bill Callahan's system. The guy is an all-pro his first full year with with, uh, Bill Callahan. Ethan Posick, the center, was brought in on another fifth round. I don't even think we gave up. We signed him because he was let go by the Seahawks. This guy on on, uh, PFA was grading out as an all-pro status. Again, Bill Callahan. Look at Stump Mitchell. Look at those running backs that we have. They just thrive under Stump Mitchell. So, you know, Stefanski has a coterie of coaches that are focused like a laser in developing the players that they have. I wouldn't be surprised if James Hudson steps in next year and makes a makes a name for himself on that O-line. So that's what we need. And it'll be interesting to see if Schwartz keeps the defensive line and linebacker coaches. And, Brooke, on our future podcast in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a deep dive on the free agency, uh, who could be good draft picks for that second and third spot, because those have to be impact. That and a, and a big-time free agency signing on the defensive line, uh, which I wouldn't put I, – I would – I would think Andrew Barry has it in him to pull a rabbit out of a hat on that defensive line and get like two stud tackles to go with uh, Miles and uh, maybe these other guys can step it up, you know, replacing Clowney. So let's, uh, you know, let's scan the waiver wire. Let's see who's coming in free agency. And uh, that'll be the podcast we'll be talking about in uh, February leading up to the draft. That's my final thoughts. Okay, Brooke? Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll be in touch in the next 10 days. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Browns Anonymous Podcast with Mike Riley. We have a lot more content on the way as we get this new podcast started. You can also check out some of our other podcasts like the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast and other new ones that will start soon. On any platform that you find yourself listening to us on, feel free to leave us a like or comment or follow us. It always helps. 